Hey guys, and welcome to the Healthier Podcast. My name's Sean. I'm Sona. And we are here to give you the most amount of value so that you guys can live happier and healthier lives. And if you're a online fitness trainer, a yoga instructor, or a nutritionist, and you are looking to market your products and create a client base for yourself, or if you're someone looking for one of these fitness professionals, head on over to www.healthier.org. All right, so we have a guest today, our friend Matt. Uh, Matt, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, Matthew Accursio Licata. Thank you. That's why I wanted him to say it and not me. I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> he is a certified CFL CrossFit coach, soon to be personal trainer, mental health advocate, and awesome person, and uh, Eagle Scout as well. Have to throw that in there. But uh, he's a great friend of, of ours, and um, we're just here to talk about some mental health and the story of Mr. Matthew. So, Matt. Take us from the beginning, man. So, what? Uh, so, where did you grow up, first of all, and how was how was like you know your childhood and stuff growing up, and where did you grow up? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I was born on Long Island, um, town of Center Reach. Uh, I still live there today. Um, growing up, uh, I wouldn't say that I had a fairly different childhood than you know anybody else. Uh, we all have our growing pains, you know, um, parents stayed together till about 14, then they split up. Um, and that was a little bit rough for me. That was kind of a, a rough patch I had in my life, but, um, you know, with, uh, with school and, and sports and, and other things that I was involved in, you know, I didn't really take any time to really think about, um, my mental state or my stability within my own emotional regulation or anything like that. Um, and when you don't really take the time to prioritize that or think about it, you tend to, um, you know, have some, have some, uh, untended to issues or, um, unresolved, you know, things that might pop up later in life. And, and that's kind of, uh, what happened to me. Um, you know, I went through a, a pretty dark time, um, in my early twenties. You know, uh, I mean, I'm still in my early 20s, but right about uh, 20 to 21 was when I really started to have some severe issues with my mental health that um, I had never really encountered before. Um, I had never really experienced anything like that. And honestly, I don't think that I really even knew too much about what my symptoms were or what I was actually feeling. Um, a lot of it was just a, um, an indescribable kind of void, uh, whether it was, um, you know, always seeking approval from others, you know, seeking validation. Uh, I think that kind of gets instilled in, in children, um, at a young age, whether it be, you know, um, their parents expecting more than what they're capable of, or, you know, them watching movies and, and trying to emulate these, you know, personalities and celebrities that that we all grow up watching and and you know imitating and you know society kind of puts us in a spot where we are always um chasing and seeking that kind of approval from others whether it be our friends our family our teachers our um coaches whoever it is 
um, that kind of, you know, holds us back from really becoming the people that we need to be. And so I struggled with that a lot growing up, um, you know, and, and something I still struggle with today. Um, and, you know, before I get really too more into, you know, my own mental health struggles and stuff like that, uh, I just did want to give, you know, a, a trigger warning to anybody that is listening, uh, just because, you know, I know some um, impulsive behaviors or impulsive thoughts that we have um, can tend to, um, you know, trigger somebody into, you know, either acting on or, um, you know, thinking about those, those kinds of um, things. So I just want to give uh, a quick warning to anybody that's listening that, you know, there will be um, the topic of suicide that, that comes up. And, and, you know, I want to be as open as possible about this topic, because it is something that, you know, I have struggled with, and that I know people that are struggling with it. But I also don't want to, um, you know, upset anybody or, or um, you know, yeah trigger anything so um yeah. you know um like i said my my life and my childhood wasn't exactly anything different than what other people faced you know i mean i everybody goes through trauma everybody has different things that happen to them and and we all have different reactions to those things um so there's nothing wrong with anybody else's um emotional feelings or or uh, emotional reactions to how they deal with those traumas. Unfortunately for me, I have a problem with regulating my own emotions and mental stability. And so those festered into um, suicidal thoughts and suicidal tendencies. And I still struggle with that today. Um, they're more passive today than they were, you know, years before. And I am getting help. Uh, I am currently in therapy and I'm currently working on my own emotional stability and my own mental stability um, to try and alleviate some of those symptoms and, and really um, head myself into the right direction into um, becoming a more stable individual and be able to, you know, uh, tackle life in a more uh, responsible way than, than I previously was. So that's kind of where I'm at right now with my, with my mental health journey. But um, there are a lot of people that don't really talk about mental health. And that is a really, really big issue that I see in, in America and in, and in society today. Um, it kind of gets pushed to the wayside a lot. Yeah, I um, agree. I, I was, I was just sorry to cut you off, Matt, but no, no I was going to say, I think, I think a lot, it's like a vicious cycle. It's like, because we keep things buried inside and we don't talk about them because we don't think it's okay when it really is. Uh, it just kind of makes us feel worse because we just kind of spiral down. But it's funny when you just start talking about it out loud, like, you know, I've had the same thing in the past, um, suicidal tendencies and, and, and thoughts and stuff and, um, you know, racing thoughts and stuff. But I think like what you're doing is perfect is, you know, seeking help, but also um, staying on something in terms of improvement like for example becoming a crossfit coach that's like uh, amazing and i think everyone should also realize that like at the same time anyone can be suffering internally or or not really suffering just you know going through stuff you know um whether they're a crossfit coach whether they're a um you know 
uh, lab tech or a doctor or whatever, um, which is why it's such a good thing to just talk about like our feelings, um, especially as as guys too, right? Like, absolutely. Uh, not yeah. like yeah, we're, we're gonna get into that for sure. Yeah, like a lot of guys, you know, we want to have this manly, you know, mm -hmm. uh, presence and stuff, and keep stuff down for the most part. Um, but I think talking about it, especially now, I think it's getting better. I think you know, previous yeah. generations probably were worse. We're slowly starting to say, hey, it's okay to like talk about our feelings. It's actually a sign of uh, connection, which is good. So yeah, but um, continue so if you don't mind. If you don't mind, um, I'm going to kind of just go over uh, a couple of statistics. Um, these are all statistics from, you know, the past five years. So it's from 2015 till, till now. Um, mm -hmm. So they are fairly recent. Um, and I think it's important to go over these because um, I think the main problem with the stigma around mental health right now is that either people don't believe it exists or they don't really understand how vastly important and um, how, how prevalent it is right now in today's society, you know? Um, so I just want to go over some of these statistics. Um, so right here I have that 20.6% of U.S. adults experienced mental illness in 2019 alone. So that's 51.5 million people just in the United States that experienced mental health illness or in other words, that's one in five people. So, you know, just think about your immediate family or your immediate friend group. There, there's at least one person in that, in your immediate social circle that you speak with every single day that is struggling with some form of mental illness, whether it's diagnosed or undiagnosed. Mm -hmm. um, and on top of that, only about 44.8% of US adults with mental illness actually received treatment in 2019. So that's less than half. So for every one person that you know that has mental illness or that you encounter that has mental illness, there is an equal opposite person that is not receiving the care that they need. And um, that's a really scary, scary uh, concept to, to wrap your head around. Um, yeah. And then when I, when I read this, this, this baffled me. This, this was a mind-blowing statistic that is absolutely the most frightening thing I've ever, I've ever seen. Um, suicide is the second leading cause of death among people aged 10 to 34 in the United States and 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. overall. So this is a top 10 issue. Suicide is a top 10 issue. And the, the more um, young, the, the, the young generation that we are, you know, 10 to 34, that is the second leading cause. Number, the, the number one cause is accidental death. So it goes accidental death, and then it goes death by suicide. So that is mind-blowing. I mean, wow. that, that, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a scary statistic that right now, um, you know, suicide is, is that dangerous and that um, relevant in today's society right now. Um, and that being said, um, I looked at the numbers. It was, I, I believe it was about 47,000 each year in the U.S. Um, die by suicide and um, 22,000 die by homicide um, each year. And so that means, you know, when you see it on the news, you know, you only really hear about murders. You only hear about these homicides that are happening in society. And that's what they're instilling the fear of 
when you when you watch those those news. I mean, if you turn on any channel news at seven o'clock, you're going to hear about a shooting or a stabbing or some kind of homicidal action. But are they reporting on the the suicide rate? Are they reporting on on those that are that are suffering with mental illness? No. And so I think I think, um, you know, just the just the knowledge behind these things is not there. Like people just really don't know. And I think um, everybody could could do some some real good hard research and and learn more about these facts because you know it, it is it is something that a lot of people are struggling with and especially men just like you said um which this this was so um men are obviously much more much less likely to report feeling symptoms of mental illness or feeling suicidal thoughts but men are three and a half more times likely to actually commit suicide over women with mental illness. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, 78% of all people that die by suicide are male. That is almost intense. That's, that is crazy. Um, And this was the worst statistic yet. This one was the worst. 90% of people who die by suicide had previously shown symptoms of a mental health condition. So there are signs, there are symptoms, there are things that we as, as individuals can look for, whether it be in our friends, our family, our loved ones, whoever it is that we care about and that we see in a day-to-day basis, they're giving you the signs, they're giving you the symptoms, and you really just have to listen and, and care and acknowledge the existence of mental illness. That's, that's really what it is, because I know from personal experience that what I needed the most was to not feel so alone. I just felt utterly hopeless and alone in those dark times when I had those, you know, suicidal urges. That was, that was what, what really made it so detrimental to me was that I didn't feel like I could talk to anybody. I didn't think that anybody either cared or was going to listen to me and not judge me or whatever it was that was holding me back from actually seeking help, talking to my friends, talking to my family, talking to the people that I trust. And I trusted a lot of people, but, but when you're struggling, when you're, when you're dealing with something like that, it is so, so hard to overcome that, that, um, that mental block that doesn't allow you to, to go seek help or or talk to anybody about, about those those problems so i think Mm. that's really the main issue right now with with mental health yeah dude those are some scary uh statistics it's crazy i didn't i didn't know that um it definitely i guess not not makes sense but the the part about the signs um that i remember you just saying makes sense you know usually there are signs of you know, some things that, again, like you mentioned with your friends or family that you should probably, you know, talk to them about it and say, you know, like without judgment, um, like a great point that you made is like, let them know, like they're one, they're not alone Two, they're not going to be judged for it. Um, but I want to ask, um, so what are some things or, or ways or um, how do you get out of these um, 
moments or how have you gotten out of these moments or, or gotten a little bit better? Yeah. Um, for me, without really knowing it, um, intense exercise was really the thing that pulled me out of it. Um, you know, I always say CrossFit saved my life and, and I owe my life to CrossFit now. And that's why I still coach. And that's why I still actively, um, you know, pursue things in that world is just because, you know, I, I genuinely don't think I would be here unless I had joined CrossFit. Um, but, you know, that's not that's not to say that that's going to work for everybody. That's not what I'm trying to say, but that is what worked for me. Um, and that's a, that at least got me to a point where I could be more reflective and be more self-aware of my emotional state and know that I wasn't okay. You know, I didn't know that there was exactly something wrong with me. And not to say that people with mental illness, that there is something wrong with you, but um, you, you always feel different when you're, when you're in that mental state, you always feel like, like maybe there's something different that we're not addressing and you, you sometimes can't really put a finger on it. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you, you know, walk into a room and you forget why you went in there. That's kind of like how it is living on a day-to-day -day basis. You're like, I'm here, I'm in the moment, but why am I here? Why am I in this moment? And um, so, you know, reality kind of gets distorted um, for me, but I know that, uh, that the community, community aspect of, you know, CrossFit was really what, um, what helped me get through my darkest time, you know, um, because you, uh, you, you always have to find something to live for. Um, and that's, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people that have um, had either suicidal thoughts, suicidal tendencies, or even attempted suicide. And, you know, they all, they all pretty much, um, as silly as it might seem, they all have like very simple things as to what kept them around, you know, whether it was, oh, well, my dog, like it, it could be as simple as a pet, you know? Well, I, I can't, I can't do this because who's going to feed my dog, you know, things like that, which, you know, it, it's such a powerful thing. The, the connection that we form with um, either individual um, items or individual, you know, pets or whatever it is that, that keeps us going. Um, you know, for me, it was CrossFit class. I, I, there was no way I was going to be able to do it because um, then the next week they'd all be asking where the hell I was. Mm. And, and, yeah. and, you know, and, yeah. and, and even when I, even when I would miss a day or two, because I was feeling down or feeling, um, you know, upset, I would get three or four texts from people in that same class that would say, Hey, where were you today? We missed you today. Why weren't you here today? You know? And, and so, you know, that kind of, uh, routine I built with, um, with, going to CrossFit each day at a specific time, seeing the same individuals, forming those friendships, forming those relationships. Um, it kind of became my own version of therapy and it was a really supportive group. And I never felt like I was judged there. And that was something I struggled with my entire life was, was feeling judged at all, at all moments. I never felt like I was good enough, but with CrossFit, you don't have to be good enough. Because everybody started from the same spot. Everybody 
is equal. You you walk into those doors, everybody's equal. It doesn't matter if it's your first day or if you've been doing it for eight years. Everybody treats you the exact same. And I had never really experienced that before in my life. I had never felt that. And um, and so, you know, that feeling was what kept me going. You know, I, I craved that feeling every day and I don't ever want it to stop. And it won't because, you know, even now, even though I'm not currently taking CrossFit classes as an athlete anymore and I'm coaching them, um, you know, I still I still owe it to those members to provide that same atmosphere, to provide that same environment that that made me fall in love with it. And so that's why that's why I do what I do. Um, so, yeah, that's awesome, dude. I love that. So like kind of what I took away from that was uh, community. It's like so big. Another one was um, like a why, right? Like whether it be CrossFit, yeah. whether it be, you know, family member, whether, you know, who you're fighting for, what you're fighting for, um, you know, obviously like high achievers and, you know, whether it be entrepreneurs, business people or athletes, high performing athletes or whoever, like those are two things like that you definitely need, especially when it gets tough, like why are you fighting for like the person with their dog? Like it's, it's a, it's a, a reason to keep going or something bigger than yourself. Right. Like you said, with your, the members of, uh, of the class and um, yeah, no community and a why I think are definitely, yeah. Get it right on the head. Uh, Sona, did you have any questions yeah, before a, I go on? Yeah. I had a couple questions. Um, Matt, uh, what was like the first thing, uh, that brought you into that CrossFit room? Because I know you kind of didn't mention how you got started into fitness uh, per se. Yeah, sure. So I was just curious. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I always enjoyed fitness. Um, you know, I mean, I was always like an active kid. I, I would always, you know, do, I did cross country. I did soccer. I was a competitive dancer. I, I just, I always was active. Um but when I, you know, graduated high school and I started college, I didn't really continue being that active. And I think that was, you know, part of really why I sunk so deep into that void. Um, but my mom had actually just started her cross, uh, her fitness journey. Um, you know, she had joined like some six week, you know, boot camp for women or whatever. And she found like awesome results. And then she ended up, you know, um, basically being like the best in the class there and was looking for something more challenging. And, um, and she stumbled upon CrossFit. And so she started CrossFit and, you know, for two or three years, she would beg me to come with her and beg me to go, you know, try class or whatever. And I would brush her off and be like, no, you're crazy. Why are you doing that? You're lifting barbells over your head. What are you nuts? Um, and finally she, uh, she knew that her birthday was coming up and, she knew just how to get me. She was like, listen, the only thing I want for my birthday is for my kid to do a CrossFit class with me. And I was like, well, how can I say no? How can I say no to that? You know, she's my mom. So, so, you know, um, uh, she dragged me there and, you know, I, I, I fell in love with it. Like, like I said, it was just an immediate acceptance. You know, I, I immediately felt like I was part of the family, you know, um, everybody there knew my mom by her name, everybody there had already known me by my name because my mom had talked about me the whole time. 
So, you know, for three years, they had known who I was and had never met me. Um, and it just felt like um, it just felt like very familial and it just felt like home. You know, I, I, there's no real other way to describe it. But uh, but that's really what, mm. what got me into that into that atmosphere and that into that gym. See, I, w- I wasn't expecting that, but uh, very well played. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. So um, did you have any any other questions, Stoner? No, I'll save them for later. Uh, we do have uh, nine minutes on this left, though. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to cover, Matt, or bring up, per se? Um, not specifically anything um, specific, but um, I will just go over this real quick, uh, just <laughs> because this is something that I know that everybody – at home um, can practice if they're in a distressful situation or if they're in a overly emotional state and they need to calm themselves down. Um, So in the form of therapy that I'm in, we work on active de-stress tolerance skills. Um, And one of these skills is called TIP. So it's T-I-P-P. And the first section is T is for temperature. So um, basically what, what happens is is when you're in a high emotional state, you know, your heart rate is ramped up and, you know, you're, you can't really pull yourself out of that emotional frame. And so what can pull you out is changing your temperature. So I think we all have inherently done this, whether, you know, if you're stressed out, you go into the bathroom and you splash cold water on your face or, you know, something like that. Like, like people have already kind of known that as a coping mechanism you know, or a skill. Um, so I think some of us kind of just inherently do that on our own, but that is the, the first skill is changing your temperature rapidly. So whether it be splashing cold water on your face or if you're driving, you know, blasting the AC and, ter- and rolling down your window or, you know, holding an ice cube or putting an ice pack on your, on your neck or your head, that, that will, you know, um, decrease your heart rate and cause you to relax. Um, then the next part of that is I, I is for intense exercise, which we all, you know, we all, we all um, relate to that one. So, yep. you know, that's, that might just be, you know, running or doing some jumping jacks, some push-ups, whatever it is that you choose to do. It's, um, you know, s- suddenly engaging your body in aerobic activity. Uh, your mind has a hard time remembering the emotional distress that it was feeling and will instead focus on that intense exercise so you know these are these are supposed to kind of go in order you know if if the temperature thing doesn't work for you um you can kind of move on to the next step which would be intense exercise and that gives your mind something else to focus on rather than whatever crisis you're going through and now i just want a quick disclaimer before i go on with this um this isn't exactly you know something that's going to make your problem go away you know at the end of this when 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 you're done doing these skills you know you're still going to end up having to deal with whatever crisis you're dealing with or whatever distressful situation you're in but these are just supposed to help you kind of get through it and cope with whatever is happening you know <laughs> so that you know you don't um hurt yourself or others or anything that is you know drastic and and not helpful to your well-being so um, right. the next one is uh, paced breathing. So this is kind of slowing down and focusing on your breathing 
So we, we kind of practice like short inhales and then really long exhales. So it's kind of like a four seconds in and then like seven seconds out. And this just slows your heart rate down again, calms your body down. And I think we've all kind of done this when we've been, you know, stressed or anxious or hyperventilating. We, we practice that kind of paced breathing. So these are all techniques and, and, you know, skills that we've probably heard before or used in our everyday life, um, but just not really known the reasoning why it works. And so this kind of puts pen to paper and, and allows you to kind of visualize how this is working, why this is, you know, calming your body down and, and, and going from there. Um, and then the last, the last um, part of that skill is progressive muscle relaxation. So this one's a little bit more hard to visualize and kind of takes more practice to, um, you know, get proficient at, but you basically, you're starting from your head to toe um, and each muscle group, you're basically going to tense up that muscle group for about five to 10 seconds. And then you're going to release that. And again, doing that is going to force your heart rate down and calm your body down and kind of just put you in more of a relaxed, calm state so that you can think more um, either logically or just think more rationally in whatever, you know, distress or crisis situation that you're dealing with. So that's, uh, those are the tip skills. Um, and they help me. Um, those are, those are good because, you know, those are something that everybody can relate to and everybody can immediately do one of those, you know, whether it's going into the bathroom, splashing cold water on your face or quick doing 10 push-ups, whatever it is that you relate to or relate with most on that scale, you can do that. Um, at any moment that you feel, you know, a, a heightened emotional um, state. I love it, dude. Oh my God. Well, uh, what's the acronym again? TIP? TIP. T-I-P-P. Yep. Correct. Gotcha. I uh, will vouch definitely for the, um, oh my God, the intent for all of them, honestly, <laughs> but the intense workout i literally it's so funny i just did it yesterday at the end of my workout i needed a little bit more cardio and um i did like five i made it up i did five uh clean to overhead press mm -hmm. and then i ran and did like uh five box jumps but like four four and a half feet or whatever and i just went back and forth and i was like dying like out of breath i did it three times total yeah. by the third time I could not breathe, but this is where it's like, but you feel amazing after like your, my mind is clearer. Like I just, yeah, I felt and, better. Like it. And there's no way that there's no way you were thinking about all the stresses that happened during the day while you're working out. There was no, no. there's no way your brain can't process those, those mm -hmm. multiple things at the same time. And, you know, if you're really sinking into that intense physical exercise, there's just no way that your brain can, can process or think about anything other than what it's what it's doing at that moment you know which is which is a really good thing you know i mean it's it's and and you know we can use that as a break from society if we need to you know exactly yeah man exactly so matt uh i had one more question for you before we wrap up today um i know before you mentioned uh one in at least five of your friends are probably dealing with something and you know maybe it's not as easy to see day by day when you're just you know, doing things in the motion. So I wanted to just ask, um, and you know, if it's okay, it's okay uh, if, uh, you don't have much details on this, but 
I was going to ask if you have any advice on someone to kind of, let's say any tips or just, uh, like I said, advice to check up on someone or, you know, just get a kind of understanding on if they're okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say the most important thing is being present. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, our entire lives are filled with instant gratification and we just want to go, 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 go and speed, speed, speed through life. And we don't take enough time to really just be present in the moment and think about the things that really matter. Um, you know, work will still be there. You know, the TV will still be there. Instagram, Facebook, all that will all still be there. But really talking to your friends and, you know, asking them actually how they are, not just how are you and accepting fine as an answer, really asking them, no, no, no. Tell me about what happened this week. You know, how you're feeling like we don't we don't actually when we when we ask those very common questions, how are you? How's your day? We don't really sit back and listen to an answer. What we do is we wait for them to ask us how our day was. And we want to give them our answer, but we don't take enough time to really be present and actually listen to the signs and the symptoms that people are giving out to us because they're there. If you look for them, you'll see them. And, and so my advice would just be to be more present in your everyday life. Notice the changes within the people around you and, and be more caring, you know, actually care enough to ask if there's anything that you can do for those people um, and understand that, you know, people that are struggling with this, with mental health and, and mental illness um, might not be willing to seek help on the first time that you ask them. But um, at the end of the day, majority of those people need help and want help. They just don't know how to ask for it. Mm. I, I think those are awesome tips, man, because uh, like like you said, you know, one in five people may be going through that. And a lot of times it's just, you know, seeing and realizing what's going on. So thank thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. So we've reached the end. So, uh, Matt, as always, we like to ask, first of all, thank you so much for sharing everything. You oh, you're welcome. gave so much, so many nuggets, so much knowledge and great tips. One of the questions was, what is an actionable tip? But we're going to skip that because you already gave quite a couple, quite a few actionable tips. So uh, the one question that we want to ask people is um, what's one uh, book or resource that you would recommend for someone to read to become healthier? So um, just sticking along with the, the topic of mental health, um, you know, I, I don't know that there's one book per se that I would recommend, um, but, you know, all these statistics, all this knowledge that I've learned, I've learned through my own research online through YouTube or Google or other articles. And um, these are all things that, that people can research, but I will leave with this. Um, these are a couple of just different ways that, that people can help um, those people that, that are close to them, that they either feel are struggling with mental health or don't know and 
want to at least, you know, bring up the, 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 the topic and, you know, see how every and check in on how everybody's doing. So um, a couple just ways that, that people can help would be um, letting them know that you're there for them without judgment, you know, being there judgment free, able to listen and really listen to them. Um, and like I said, someone who's struggling may find it really hard to reach out. So that might require some work on our end to reach out to them, you know, texting them, calling them, checking in, making sure that, that we are doing our part in, in really, um, you know, making, checking in and, and making sure that they're okay. Um, and then on top of that, we can help them look into local um, either therapy groups or support groups or individual therapy, um, you know, because a lot of the time people don't just people just don't know how or what they need and where to actually get that stuff. So the Internet is a powerful, powerful resource, um, and we can all just make sure that we are actively helping them get the help that they need and being as supportive and and, you know, um, kind as we can to them. Mm. and then last thing too sorry sorry um also take care of yourself so i know taking care of others can be a very daunting task and especially when we are um you know giving out a lot of energy into helping others we sometimes forget to to help ourselves and prioritize ourselves we have to make sure that while we're also checking in on everybody else's mental health we're checking in on ourselves too. make sure you're doing okay too, because you can't help if, if you're not also helping yourself. Mm -hmm. So true, man. So true. I love it. Gold, I, uh, gold. And before we let you go, Matt, um, do you want to tell everybody how they can, um, you know, work with you in terms of, I know you hold powerlifting classes. So if you want to just, uh, yeah, sure. Um, so you guys can follow me on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Matthew with two T's. And then my middle name, which is Accursio, it's spelled A-C-C-U-R-S-I-O. And then my last name is Licata, L-I-C-A-T-A. -A. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. You can feel free to direct message me. Um, hit me up. Let me know if you guys need any help with anything, uh, I'm always there. I will always answer. Um, and that goes for anybody. You know, it doesn't have to just be people that I know. Uh, if you're struggling and you want to talk, I'm here to listen. Um, if you want to come try out a CrossFit class, come try out a CrossFit class. I know Sean's joined um, one of my classes before. He knows what it's like. He can kind of give you a, a, a personal, um, you know, testament to, uh, to how it went. <laughs> it was it. so awesome i loved it i was dying but <laughs> i felt great and i love it and i think everyone should at least try it especially anyone who has preconceived notions or judgments before they even tried it a lot of people they exactly. will judge it but they never actually took a class you go exactly. take a class and uh and it's great i i loved it I loved every second awesome. of it. I love every, I love when I've done, uh, done maybe one or two before that. And every time it's just like, I feel great after. So yeah. Good. Highly recommend. Good. Yeah. Uh, All right, amigos. Uh, Sona has to take a class. 
So yes, Sona, Sona's, Sona's next. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. gonna be a wake-up call if you if you've never done it before it's definitely yeah. like a a wake-up call it's no, I'm it's excited. good <laughs> I'm excited. especially after hearing all this yeah There's no way right after this we're gonna go do it <laughs> awesome <Let's> do it. <laughs> all right all matt right. thank you so much my friend i will definitely talk to you Thanks soon for having me. of course of course thank you everybody for listening hope everybody has an awesome day And we will see you in the next podcast.